0: Hey everyone, this is Craig Horlbeck from the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. Join me, Danny Heifetz, and Danny Kelly every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to help you win your draft, win your league, and most importantly, avoid that last place punishment. Follow the Ringer Fantasy Football Show on Spotify. It's the ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel America's number one sports book right now. You can check out the new and improved parlay hub filter by odds, sport and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same game parlays all in one page. Plus start betting on the explore page and the pulse and bet live same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon Once COVID happened, I was just like, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.
1: Philly is a tough city. Oh, you know, they're going to tell you what it
2: is. And you know, I love it.
1: Philadelphia because they care.
0: Ooh, welcome to the Ringers. Philly special Shield Kapati here joined by the great Chris Ryan and ace producer Cliff Augustine. It's an emergency pod. James Harden situation no longer hanging over the Sixers season. We have some closure. Here's the deal and then we'll get into it. Sixers send James Harden, P.J. Tucker, Philip Petrusif to the Clippers for Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batum, K.J. Martin, a 2028 unprotected first round pick, two second round picks, a 2029 pick swap, and a protected 2026 first pick. From OKC. Hopefully, I got all that right. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. We'll get into all the details. Let's just get first impressions. Chris, let's let's start with you. You presume uh, you were up when you found out about the trade. I don't know if you got the details last night or this morning. What what were kind of your initial impressions when you saw this go down?
2: One of the the nice benefits, aside from the weather of living in Los Angeles, is you're up <laughs> for late night LA Clippers blockbuster <laughs> trades. This has happened with Kawhi and PG. And Blake Griffin and now with James Harden. Uh, yeah, I was awake. It took a little while there because Woj sent out the first initial tweet that the, the deal had gone through. And then it took quite a while for the, the details of the trade and the players involved. So there was a lot of speculation. There was even this very funny moment when James Harden was actually a clipper inside of the ESPN trade machine but the Sixers (laughs) didn't have any clippers on their team, so I was like, what does the trade machine know that I don't? Uh, My initial reaction to this is just a great sigh of relief. An absolutely great sigh of relief. I felt like this was a cloud hanging over every discussion of the Sixers. I felt like... This was just us all collectively banging our head against the wall. This was an inevitable end to this situation. The the likelihood that Harden was going to just wake up one day and decide like he was going to climb down from this stance that he had taken against Daryl. Maury was really unlikely, if not absolutely impossible. So sitting around twiddling our thumbs, hoping that maybe he would be like, you know what, this team is pretty good. I think I'd like to play with Maxie and and Toby and Joel and, and PJ and make another run at it. You know, the Eastern Conference is right there for the taking. It wasn't going to happen. Um, we can get into whether or not this was a Daryl Morey highlight or a Daryl Morey lowlight uh, down the line. I think that there's, there's I could hear the argument from both sides, but ultimately my my feeling is just a great, great exhale. And that the feeling like the sixer season could finally start in earnest. How about you, Cliff?
1: As a guy who sat here with Chris Ryan and Raheem all summer long, trying to figure out trade partners for James Harden, whether he was gonna be a malcontent the whole time, whether he was just gonna come into camp, slug it out, had y'all had the, the fat suit, you know, memes ready to go. Like I'm just happy it's <laughs> over with, man. Like we could finally. Keep the ball rolling. Keep it moving forward. Plus, I like what I see with the from the Sixers too, as well. And I don't think the conversation is that bad either, considering you had a guy who probably wasn't going to play anyway. They were clear. I mean, they didn't let this man on the team flight, so that kind of <laughs> that, yeah. was yeah. the, <laughs> that, that was the
0: writing. That writer. was the <laughs>
1: writing. Like that. Come on, man. Like you didn't. You're you're like players on the team flight now. Like that's kind of the writing on the wall. So I'm just I'm relieved, honestly. Like, and I think everybody in Philly's relieved too because we didn't want to have the Ben Simmons thing. where last, you know, or two seasons ago where he got traded, you know, right at the deadline and have that go all through the winter time every single day, not having a guy ready to play, waiting, waiting, waiting. No, like, let's get rid of this now. We're only three games into the season. We got some competition back for James Harden, which is actually not that bad. Expiring contracts. Now, let's see if you can add a piece coming on after that, like maybe before the deadline, maybe before January, maybe, you know, before the end season tournament or whatever, wherever Daryl you know, hopes to make this thing happen. And you can kind of keep your star player and beat happy because, like, do you think he wants to be playing every game where you see James Harden with his hood up on the bench, chilling, kicking his feet up, talking to Pat Bev, talking to Daniel House, talking to P.J. Tucker while Joel is playing, you know, 35 to 45 minutes a game, putting his effort in there and you're just seeing James Harden just chilling. Like, I don't think he wants to see that. So I think it's better now to get some bodies, keep your star player happy. Uh, keep Tyrese Maxey um, as a focal point of your offense. I think it's all around win-win, honestly.
0: Yeah, I think the the, the big thing, we're all on the same page and I think all Sixers fans have to be on the same Glad it's over. Did not need that hanging over the entire season. Stories about, well, did he get kicked off the plane again? Is he on the sideline? Oh, he didn't show up uh, to this game. Is he practicing? Would he want... And I honestly, I know they would have been a better team with James Harden. I didn't want to watch James Harden play for my basketball team again and watch him play uh, in playoff games again. I understand they would have been a better team overall with James Harden. He's still probably what top 30, top 35 player uh, in the NBA. I didn't want to watch it again. And I didn't want the drama again. I wanted a no- I want a normal basketball team. I don't care if they win a championship. I don't get care if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I want to sit down on what? Thursday, they have a game. I want to sit down Thursday. Oh, this looks like a normal basketball team. Hey, I like like Tyrese Maxey, hey, what that's all. Like, we can stay out of all the other stuff. I mean, I'm so tired of Markel Fultz and Ben Simmons and James Harden. Like, it has been a long freaking stretch of all this nonsense going on, and it being, you know, some of it's fun because it's good for content, you know, um, team content, uh, first and foremost, but it had become too much. So, uh, I'm with you guys, and I think that's probably the prevailing feeling. I don't think you're gonna have a lot of people who are like sad or upset or they should have waited out. I mean, you could have waited out. And maybe, you know, something would have happened where you could have got more. But I think that's the first aspect of it. Everyone's glad it's over. Now, then there's the actual deal and what it means and the analysis uh, of the players they got back. And let me hit you guys with what I think the big picture takeaway is here. And then you can let me know what you think. To me, this move is all about the next move. It's not about these veterans that you got. It's all about, all right, you got two first round picks. uh, You have all these guys, Batum, Covington, and Moritz are all on expiring contracts. So there's that rule, right? You have to wait 60 days to move them, but 60 days, you're not at the trade deadline yet. So now by the time January 1st rolls around, You have guys you can potentially move for whatever you want. You maybe it's you wait till next summer. You see how this season goes, but you have that optionality, that flexibility like that is a big part, I think, of Daryl Morey's playbook. And so it's not so much about how are these guys going to fit in and what are they going to look like? And we can get into some of that. But to me, they pretty much said we're not going to get the value we wanted to get, we hoped we'd get. And so this is kind of the next best thing. Let's ta- let, let's get optionality with what we get back in terms of assets. And then our next move, hopefully we can build the roster around Embiid and Maxi. Chris, is that, am I on the right track there? Is that how, how you saw it or not really?
2: It's the move before the move. I think that you're right there. I think that there's an implication that, that clearly Daryl Morey doesn't look at Nick Batum and Robert Covington as the final two pieces that the Sixers needed. I think he looked at Harden and Tucker as the final two pieces that the Sixers needed. I think he thought that that team had a shot, at least in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, you mentioned the noise going on around the team. If you go back basically to June of 2021, this, this team has been consumed with Joel Embiid's best teammate not really wanting to be here. So you get basically a half a season of Harden, maybe like a little bit of change. Christmas of last year, Harden already has the stuff in the in the Woj report on Christmas Day (laughs) that he wants to that he's keeping his options open about Houston. This goes out through the whole rest of the second half of that season into this summer into everything that happened with the extension and the pulling back of the extension. So this has been a really bungled last couple of years in a lot of ways. I mean, you can say that Daryl Morey got a lot back from for what Ben Simmons wound up being in Harden for the what was essentially a rental. But I think that the amount of noise around this team it has been so deafening that this period of quiet should be really restorative for the squad. You know, I hope that I hope that that's really the case. I hope that, Sheil, you're right, that we can just watch a regular old Sixers-Raptors game on a Tuesday night and then put it to bed and not be rendering garments about, like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? I do wonder... A little bit knowing what we know about Daryl Morey as a negotiator and as a as a team builder, whether or not there was a little bit of external pressure on him to get this done now, given the fact that not only did the Sixers start the season two and one, but they started them six season two and one with like a pep in their step that there was. like, look at this. We're the place. We're, we're We're the guys who fixed Kelly Oubre. You know, Nick Nurse has everybody cutting. Everybody's everybody's cutting baseline for Nick Nurse. People are moving. And passing. Embiid's recognizing doubles. Like the vibes were kind of good on the court. And I wonder whether or not a combination of ownership, fan pressure, just generally being like we're done with this. And possibly the league in some ways. I have no information, but. On opening day, the first thing we hear from Chris Haynes as we go to the court at the nationally televised Bucks Sixers game, what do we hear? Yeah. James Harden was like was was denied entry to a team plane. <laughs> I think that there's a degree to which this stuff sells and then there's a degree to which it becomes a little bit of like a a a point of of shame for the NBA where they're like we want to be able to put out the best possible product and have people interested in it. And when when they when they said that Mike Bass and the NBA were investigating the situation, you've got this player participation issue in the NBA right now with the new the new rules. I wonder whether or not not saying somebody was like, make the deal now, because I think earlier in the week, Tim Bontemps and Brian Windhorst and Tim McMahon had talked about how this was going to be the week for Harden. Like it was going to be before, you know, I I think they were saying Friday or something like that for some reason. I just wonder whether or not it was like, Hey, Daryl, you can't wait until January for this. We can't do this throughout the next four months is, is he getting kicked off a plane? Did he show up with a fat suit? Is he did he throw a, a dumbbell at Daryl Morey <laughs> through a window like we can't have this sideshow going on uh, on the team that the reigning MVP and and a staple of national television. Uh, for the NBA, so I it's just it's really speculation, but it wouldn't shock me because we've I've been covering the Sixers for a long
0: time and nothing with the Sixers shocks me. Well, it, it's a great point with Maury because the, the tricky part about deciphering Maury stuff is that he is a very media friendly GM, and so yeah. when you kind of look at the reporting around the Sixers, you have to always evaluate well, is this person being a mouthpiece for? Maury, or is this actually what's happening? By the way, I'm you know part of the media. I don't I don't mind a media friendly uh, GM for the most part, but you do make a good point because everything we heard for a while, Maury's not gonna just trade Harden for nothing. Maury is gonna have to get something. He's gonna have to get a star back. Maury's comfortable being uncomfortable. I mean, how I, I was it was driving me nuts. I'm like everyone, settle down until he actually does something. Like let's not give him uh, his flowers already. And you're right about the start of the season. I mean. I was joking with Cliff like last week I had to do a do an ad read and you know, he's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm just going to take the Sixers under because I'm ready to hate this team. I think I'm going to lean into the hateability of this team. They're not likable. They're not going anywhere. I'm going to watch. But you know what? Sometimes as a Philly fan, you have a team that you just hate, you hate watch. And I thought that's what this was going to be. And Cliff was making fun of me. He's like, no, I think they can, you know, go over the 47 and a half. And guess what? Through three games, I've got to change my tune. I mean, it's a small sample. Give me time. But so far, I'm like, you know what? I like sitting down in this chair to my right and watching the Sixers. They've been fun. Maxie's taking the leap. You mentioned it with Embiid. Kelly Oubre is a surprise. And they seem like a normal basketball team that plays hard, that tries to do the right things. And they've won two of three. And they took Milwaukee to the final 30 seconds there. So uh, Cliff, what do you think about those things? Whether this is like an isolated, you know, this this is actually what Maury wanted to do or whether there was some pressure and kind how much the vibes of the first uh, three games might have factored into this.
1: I think the biggest factor was is that you really didn't have any trade partners, right? Like you only had one team yeah. that was... This is not the Dame situation where Dame was like, all right, send me to Miami and that's it. This is a situation where you have a guy who's forced his way off of two other teams. This is his third team. He's getting up there in age. NBA teams aren't clearly aren't about to be putting up with all this nonsense of the player movement where I want to go, where I want to go. You saw it with KD. You saw it with Dame. But here's the, the problem in lies is that was James Harden's, you know, um, was his game wanted anywhere else? Like the Clippers seem like the literally the only option. He wanted to go back to Houston. Yeah. Amy Udoka said, no, nah, it's not happening. You're not about to run the show here. We got a bunch of young guys. We got Fred elite." We added Dylan Brooks. We added a bunch of pieces in the offseason, and we're going to go young with Shingoon and Jalen Green and Jabari and all those young guys. And he really just had nowhere to go. So you're just constantly on the phone with the Clippers saying, like, all right, we want a young player in return. Clippers are probably just like, uh, no, we want to keep Bones Highland. We want to keep Terrence Mann. Daryl." in our eyes, we'll give you all these picks and these pick swaps because then you can kind of reset from there. That's There's a lot of capital within that. You don't have any picks right now. So you just revamp some picks. We'll give you these expiring contracts. These guys come off the books next year. Daryl probably looks at it like, all right, well, at least I have some flexibility to where I I don't have to pay anyone right now. I'm going to have to pay Maxi in the offseason. We still have a ton of cap space and we could probably go after someone anyway. So and we can kind of keep our star happy in the sense of like, hey, there's still like uh, you know, some sun over the hill somewhere here where we could kind of, you know, fix the situation, even though we did just lose twenty one and eleven, which sucks, but I mean, you you can spin it forward, right? Like you could, if in your mind, I get, I, yeah, I could spin it forward really
2: easily. Yeah, by saying that if there is truly a culture change within the Sixers that there seems to have been, that there's no reason why the Sixers can't be this year's Heat. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Ooh, when you see, maybe. Well, yep. I'm just saying that, like when you look at the Heat, and the Heat Heat had obviously Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, who are two top 20 players, if not top 12. You know, like that's obviously like a huge talent, you know, but the, the way that the Heat do reclamation projects and find guys late in the draft and bring in dudes off the street and make guys into Heat players and then let those dudes walk or let them get those guys out, you know, out the door like Struess and Vincent and still somehow reload. There's no reason why the Sixers can't be a a hyper competitive team with Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey, like straight up. If they play hard. On a nightly basis, if they execute nurses plans like they have enough out there to beat anybody in the NBA on any given night. And so to me, I feel like this is for as much as it's like tomorrow, tomorrow, the draft picks will flip them like expiring contracts like this season does matter for the NBA discourse, because I think that he is weirdly one of the more disrespected MVPs that we've had. In the last couple of years, I mean... Rightfully
1: so, by the way, too. Like, it's not like... And probably the, Yeah,
0: I would either. say that, too. It's I still, mean, five it, like, for 18 like, in a game seven and the play... Like, I, I think that's fair. Like, yeah. I, sometimes I'd actually go the opposite way, Chris. I'm like, he almost like... And this is more locally, probably, than nationally. But I'm like, he doesn't take as much heat as, like, other guys who have been oh, at no, that right. stature and who haven't come through in the playoffs, like, during our lifetime. So I could go either way on that. But the, the discourse around him about this, like,
2: in imminent Knicks... Move is yeah you know like that's not going to go anywhere. The only thing that's going to turn the volume down on it is if the Sixers are second or third in the conference. Honestly, like the and and being competitive on a nightly basis, and that's that's really the only way to make the the noise go away. Because you've got dealer Daryl, you've got Embiid in the prime of his career, you've got Maxi emerging, like these things are all contributing factors to a feeling like we should be like a, there's like a why not us kind of element to this. You know, the best team that I've seen in the Eastern conference obviously so far is the Celtics. But other than that, I don't feel like the Sixers are that far away from being, you know, in the conversation, you're going to have the bucks, but the bucks are going to go through going pains with a new coach and a different system. So I don't know. I I, I have optimism. I, I think Sheila, I keep going back to what you're saying. Like, this, this deal makes me want to watch the Sixers more. I will I say, I will say, I will say this is this is not not the deal that I thought we were going to get from the Clippers. I definitely thought if we were going to get T- Terrence Mann, that Norm Powell might be involved. And I definitely thought that was the holdup is that Daryl Morey kept calling Lawrence Frank or Lawrence Frank kept calling Daryl Morey and they had the same conversation over and over again and Lawrence (laughs) Frank offered the deal that Daryl Morey basically got and Daryl Morey was asking for Terrence Mann or Norm Powell at least because those are probably the two most useful players that the Clippers had to the Sixers and I thought Terrence Mann would be a huge complimentary player in the backcourt for the Sixers this season. That being said, There's reporting that suggested that if the the reason the Sixers were so dead set on getting Terrence Mann is that they already had a deal to reroute Terrence Mann to get another first round draft pick or a collection of picks. So this is one of those places where I think that a lot of fans are going to let their reaction to the deal be dictated by reporting rather than reality. And we just don't know what was said on that phone between Lawrence Frank and Daryl Morey and what like what the actual aspects of the deal and the realities of this deal were, this kind of goes back to Ben Simmons for Tyrese Halliburton. You know, like Sixers fans, yeah. there's there's a certain kind of Sixers fan, myself included, who's walking around with that in their back pocket being like, we could have had Halliburton! We could have had Halliburton! <laughs> um, I can't believe it! We could have had Halliburton and Buddy Heald! And instead, it's like, maybe we could have, maybe we couldn't, but we have let that color the entire Harden experience. And the same thing might happen here where it's like, I had to shake off the like I thought Terrence Mann was coming back in this. I thought the I thought we were waiting for them to finally cave on Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann was like out tonight with an ankle, and I was like, "Oh, it's happening!" Like you know, it's it's yeah. it's, it's like I saw in the fantasy updates like Terrence Mann's not playing tonight. I was like, "He's being held out for his, for <laughs> us," you know, and it and it's it's a little strange to get Patum and 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 rocco and and um, you know a Morris guy. You know it's like it's it's a little strange that that is if i told you three years ago like james harden and ben simmons will be traded for this return you'd be like what happened
0: yeah no there's uh there's no doubt about i think even yeah let's take a quick break and i want to come back and talk more about that Jump into the NBA action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. Plus, all customers get three months of NBA League Pass courtesy of FanDuel when they place a $5 bet on the NBA. Let's see. What can you do from a Sixers perspective? Tyrese Maxey, most improved? Is Kelly Oubre going to stay coming off the bench? Sixth man of the year, Kelly Oubre. You got to go in on some of these on a small sample size. Listen, do whatever you want, but you can watch all the action as you bet on everything from point spreads to player props. Best of all, you'll get paid your winnings instantly. So don't miss your chance to get $150 in bonus bets plus three months of NBA League Pass. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Ringer and tip off the NBA season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager. Only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. That expire seven days after receipt. Limit one pass per customer. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. NBA League Pass. Local blackout restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. all right we are back on the ringers philly special i think it's a it's a excellent point because it's like ex, you know you mentioned earlier let, let's get into this is this a highlight or a low light for the daryl morey tenure because based on what everyone's expectations were i think even you know a month ago or whatever you would a month ago if someone would have pitched this trade you probably would have been like seriously that's what Mm -hmm. they're getting back, Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, KJ Martin, and Robert Covington, uh, along with the picks, like a bunch of, you know, 33, 34-year-olds who are, you know, going to just be rotational pieces, and you might not even like watching uh, play basketball that much. I think most people would have been disappointed uh, in that. So I have trouble with, like, the Daryl Morey experience. Like, obviously, he is smart, knows what he's doing, has been a uh, trendsetter. At the same time, his sort of plan A for a lot of his big moves has been James Harden. And like he tied himself to James Harden at multiple stops. He kind of created this mess. I mean, I don't know exactly what Harden cited. Obviously, Harden thought something was promised to him uh, and Daryl Morey did not come through. That That is like we don't know what actually was said, but that is obviously what James Harden thinks. And then you have all the other stuff about, you know, well, the expectations pretty high for what. Daryl Morey thinks he can get back for James Harden. He was patient with Ben Simmons. He got a good haul there. And so, Cliff, how do we feel about this? Like you, you said earlier, you feel like the compensation is pretty good. Is that because your expectations changed and you were like, no one wanted Harden in a free agency. Uh, that's why he opted in. And so this is, you get uh, what you get. Or do you actually feel like if a, if a month ago, two months ago, I would have told you this is what James Harden got traded for, you probably would have been disappointed, I think, right?
1: Like like I said, he was a depreciating asset. Like we saw what he, we've seen his playoff track record. Like everybody knows what he is. It's cool that you can average 21-11 in the regular season to be a great player. But once you kind of put your foot in the ground, like, all right, Yo, I want to go to this team and after your third or fourth time of trying to be a headache for somebody, like no one wants to deal with that anymore, right? Like how many te- How many teams were really clamoring knocking on Daryl Morey's door, hey, like we really want James Harden. It's like who actually wanted this guy? That's the problem. Like yeah, you could do that, yeah. yeah, I think and you that you can there can was always that. that
2: that there was that stuff over the summer with Lillard and and like Aaron Goodland, L- 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 Lillard's agent like informing teams. Like if you trade for Lillard, you're trading for an unhappy player. He only wants to go to Miami. And I think eventually like Lillard did a good job cleaning that up. And then like, obviously I would have like reported if I got traded somewhere, I'm a professional athlete. I don't know that that's guaranteed with Harden. I don't right, know that you know, based on history, don't know it's not
1: right. Daryl yeah. Morey
2: could have traded Harden to Chicago. Right. And he would have been like, we, we may have had a James Harden is just not reporting to Chicago situation. And and that would have been pretty, pretty screwed up and could have really derailed the season because ultimately the the people who have to answer for Daryl Moore's decisions wind up being the players and the coach. And you can see Nick, Nick Nurse's face. He's like, I can't believe I have to answer this question again. I don't know where this guy is. Like, I don't know whether we're going to have him. Like, like, what do you want me to say?
1: And on top of that, you could tell Nick Nurse didn't want anything to do a hard and off rip anyway. Like he was being really like coy about question, answering questions about Harden. He's like, hey, you know, if the guy's here, you know, we'll we'll be happy to have him here. But clearly he was just moving forward with all his rotations without even thinking about James Harden. And with Harden, you know, he showed up to Colorado. I think he showed up like a day late or something like that. He was on time. He was going through drills. And then he took his i and went right back to Houston to, you know, go home and kick it. Uh, you know, allegedly there's some, you know, some serious things around that. As to why he went back to Houston. So, but we're not going to get into that. But you can tell Nick Nurse just didn't want to deal with that as well either. So he was like, he probably got on Daryl, like, look, because I know they're both pretty good friends. From what I understand, they have a long history. He probably got on Daryl, like, look, like, just take pennies on a dollar for this. Like, I don't care if one of the young players come back or not. I, I can work with what I got right here. And you could just figure all that stuff out later down the line to see if you can bring in another piece. That's probably so, how a conversation went.
2: Chill, I want to ask you a little bit because this, I know that this is a, the, case in the nfl as well so in the nba there is there are deals that look like you're you've got job security the gm's got job security and there are deals where the gm is trading for his job yeah i don't think that daryl did this deal to trade for his job i don't know that daryl necessarily has the uh the leash to have draw, drawn this out until january you know what i mean like i don't know if if he was able to play the poker game that he necessarily wanted to play. But this is such an interesting deal because it's right in the middle. I can't decide because like I've been listening to a bunch of our NBA podcasts and a a couple of them have been talking about the Bulls and the weird situation of the Bulls having like a players only meeting on the first night of the season. And what are they going to do with these guys (laughs) that that are all kind of like, okay, but don't fit with one another. And there's a, couple of really attractive pieces on their team that would be really helpful to other other competitive basketball teams and I was like I don't know if this GM for the Bulls has like rebuild leash you know what I mean like this GM for the Bulls might have to like hold on to these guys and hope that they get into the playoffs at the bottom end of the bracket because he may not get another shot at rebuilding this team do you think that Daryl has not quite rebuild credibility but Enough leverage with, you know, enough room to operate with ownership and with the fan base and with Joel Embiid that he can say, hey, this isn't the return. It's the next thing I do.
0: Yeah, that his tenure will really come down to what he does with. What happened from this trade, right? I I mean, I think that, but I do think he has, I mean, a lot of times this comes down to, we all like to look at moves and say, all right, this GM deserves to be fired. This GM deserves to keep his job. A lot of times, all it comes down to is what is the GM's relationship with the owner? Do Mm -hmm. they... Like going to lunch together. Do they like getting drinks together? When the owner calls and has some input on something, does the GM listen? Like a lot of it just comes to that. NFL, NBA, whatever. Like that is your best move for job security. Is that the owner likes you on a personal level? I remember the Eagles when the the before Chip Kelly got fired, he had a press conference where after like Jeffrey Lurie had given him all this power, personnel power. He was asked about a personnel move and was like. I'm not the GM. I'm like, oh, that's gonna make Jeffrey Lurie yeah. <laughs> very mad that you just and, said that. And somewhere, well, Howie <laughs> Roseman was in, in an office, like, what? <laughs> yes, I'm back, baby. Uh, so I do think uh, I do think that's a big part of it. I mean, I don't know the details of that relationship. It seems to me like Josh Harris would be like, I still trust this guy. I hired him, and like, how bad? What would have to happen basically for him to be like, that's it, I'm done with Daryl Morey? Would it have to be Embiid saying? I've had like their season would have to be going poorly and Embiid would really have to be at the point where he's like, I'm done here because I'm with you guys. I think this, the floor is pretty high on this team. Like they're not going to be a disaster this year. They might be slightly above average and they might lose in the first or second round, but that's not necessarily a complete disaster. And so what he does with these expiring contracts that he got, what he does with these two first round picks he got, uh, plus they have one, I think of, of their own in 2030 that they can trade that has to lead to something that could, uh, and, and we might as well get into that now. Like, are there, you know, it's the NBA. There's a lot of gossip. You just mentioned the Bulls. Like, are there names in your head where you're like, oh, maybe with this, uh, they can get this guy. I know Zach Levine is a guy that people, uh, have brought up Pascal Siakam. Although you don't know what that relationship is like, uh, with Nick nurse and whether that would really be an option or not. Is it more there? Like, well now Daryl Morey be patient and just say, let's let this season play out with this group of players. And in the summer, we'll do something. We don't have to do something before the trade deadline uh, this year. Uh, I don't know, Chris, Is there are there like names uh, that come to mind when you think about what they could do? Because I do think that's what it's going to come down to. Maury's um, tenure is kind of what the, the next move he makes. And I do think he'll have um, enough of a leash to at least make that next move and and see these assets through.
2: I think for one thing, he's going to have to wait and see who's who's real and who's not this season. So you're going to have to get a little bit deeper into the season, see how bad things get in Portland, see how bad things get in Chicago, see how bad things get in Washington. Like all the teams that might be really, really struggling and might want to start become sellers. And then second of all, I think he might want to wait for the next big star to be disgruntled. I'm sure when he greeted Harden on the tarmac uh, uh, coming off of Michael Rubin's PJ or whatever it was, (laughs) I'm sure he was like, I did it. I land. I literally landed the plane. I got Harden in Philly. Yeah. It's been a long, hard road. We are reunited. This is the perfect wingman for jo- Joel Embiid. Blah blah blah. Like we're gonna, we're going to the moon, and look where we are now. He's getting Robert Covington and Nick Batum back. So I think anything can happen in the NBA, and there's plenty of guys out there. I mean, what happens if Brandon Ingram is like, I just don't want to be in New Orleans anymore? What happens if? you know, there's so many guys out there who who are maybe six months away from being disgruntled or nine months away from being like, you know what, maybe I do need a change of scenery. And if that's the case, then we do have a healthy amount of draft picks to package together and some expiring contracts. Do we have a blue chip player to send the other direction if Maxie's off the table? No. Like, I do think that we might not be the trade partners we think we are. But I, I do think that he can do some interesting work, and I also wouldn't be surprised if veteran guys like Batum, Covington, and Morris contribute to an overall like raising of the floor of the Sixers. It's a pretty deep team now, like you know, like we recently have like ten NBA players now. So it's it's kind of an interesting time for this team. I I think that there's some guys who could be winners and some guys could be losers. I we we may. Tell some of these dudes they don't even have to report. Like I wouldn't be surprised, but you know we'll see. I I, I do think that Daryl's probably waiting for not the guys who are available now, the guys who are going to be available maybe next summer. I do want to temper people's expectations. I just don't think January trades swing NBA titles. You know, I I just don't think. Hmm. Typically, with saw a few it last exceptions, KD.
1: yeah, you saw the KD. Yeah, last year?
2: with a few exceptions, like you just don't really like you don't really put a championship team together in January. So I think while it would be cool if something happened this season, I am hoping that there is communication with Embiid about like this being a a two season project and that this is about us being as good as possible this season, but that like, we're trying to have as much flexibility, cap room and assets for next season.
1: Yeah.
0: I I think, I think most, a lot of fans would sign up for that. If you're like, this is going to be a fun, low maintenance, season you will enjoy I mean maxi just having Maxi as that guy the number two guy brings so much more joy and excitement to the experience of watching the sixers play basketball he's had that joy and energy from the first you know from the first time he played got yanked around different roles uh didn't get the opportunities and now that he like I'm not saying he's gonna shoot 56 percent from three uh all season long but I, I just like that is a much better experience um, than what you've seen previously uh, Cliff, let me run through these guys they got back tell me if you're like kind of what you, if you you're you're excited about any of these guys or or not marcus morris 34 years old i know you're excited about him because he's a philly guy i mean if they get into if there's one of those things where an opponent follows somebody into the locker room like you got (laughs) marcus morris now that they're not that's not going to happen so uh play 28 minutes per game Last season, 11 points, uh, four rebounds, shot 43% from the field. Robert Covington, everyone knows about Robert Covington, turns 33 in December, 16 minutes per game. Last season, shot 39.7% from three. Not the same defender he used to be. Nick Batum? Maybe the most interesting. I don't know. Turns 35 in December. I like when the old guys keep playing because it makes me feel uh, not as old. Like I remember a long time ago watching Nick Batum play basketball, uh, played 22 minutes per game last year, six points, four rebounds, shot 39% from three. Uh, And then K.J. Martin, the one young guy they get here, 22 years old, uh, athletic, does not make me feel younger that he's Kenyon Martin's uh, (laughs) son, Uh, (laughs) minimum salary, originally a second round pick from the Kings. Played 28 minutes per game with the Rockets last year, 13 points, five rebounds, uh, shot 57% from the floor, but 33.8% from three. Cliff, any of those guys, like as you're looking at rotational type pieces all, that a guy
1: would- may yeah. I'm excited about all of them. I'm excited about Marcus Morris being okay. back in Philly. Nice town's finest. Yeah, shout out to Marcus Morris. We've been hearing about him for, <laughs> been hearing about him for forever. Yeah, you know, in, in the courts, in the yeah, streets, what whatever. Yeah, what have you been hearing about him? Clint? Yeah, just a <laughs> lot. Not, I can't say it all here, but just a lot. Um, Rocco, you know, Rocco, bring him back. Like Rocco's part of that ten win team, I believe, right? Rocco's sixer, oh, sixer process guy, like through and through, like really through the process was there for the Kawhi bounce I believe like or no actually no I'm sorry he got traded right before that but uh Rocco was there the year before the uh they traded him for Jimmy, the confetti yeah. game it was the confetti game versus Boston that's where Roko. Mm-hmm. I was in the building for that confetti one that was game. that was too. quite quite the, quite the <laughs> game uh who else is it? Nick Batum 35 3 and D yeah team glue guy <laughs> You know, could do a vu français with yeah. In, yeah. I speak a little French a little like, bit. How yeah. come you didn't enjoy the French national
2: team, man? Come
1: on, <laughs> shout! We shout out to do nut to punches together, yeah. And then, <laughs> <laughs> then KJ Martin, high flying. You know, he has the uh, his father's pedigree. You know, young, athletic. I like KJ Martin, man. so I'm kind of excited to see what Nick Nurse uh, does with him too. So, listen, I like all the guys that came back just because they'll actually be playing for us. You know, that's kind of the added effect There's there's subtraction with a guy who's not going to be playing for us. who's going to be sitting on a bench, whereas you can have four guys who could possibly be rotation guys. And like Chris said, there's a lot of depth for the Sixers right now. So I'm just intrigued to see how Nick Nurse, you know, plugs and plays everybody. So we're I'm excited, way, man. Honestly,
2: we're way overloaded at the wing now, which is something yeah. as a Sixers fan. I never thought I would say again. Right? We are way yeah. o- overloaded at wing. So like there is a deal out here. Like and there's some athletes guys, on
1: the team. Like most last yeah. time,
2: there's some athletes on the team. But just looking at the depth chart, you're like, oh my god, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys. You know what I mean? Like when you get down to like the wing, like just the wings, Toby and Covington, uh, Ubre, Morris, Batum, uh, just like you get pretty deep in there. But say nothing of the the guys like Paul Reed and Mobamba who want to play outside sometimes. You've got like a lot of dudes on this team now who are going to be providing like a kind of, let's say like charitably, like a lot of like Swiss army knife, like switchability and you can just kind of go out there and you can play Embiid with four out. You can play a five out offense when Embiid sits if you want, like Nick Nurse can do a lot of stuff with this. It kind of almost reminds me a little bit of like the, the overwhelming amount of like weird switchable guys that they had on Toronto, except this is the old version of it. <laughs> like yeah. this, is, this is almost like the <laughs> Toronto Raptors 10 years in the future, <laughs> you know, like, and uh, it'll be really interesting to see how nurse like integrates all these guys. But I hope these dudes all being veterans, the uptake isn't that slow. You know what I mean? Like they've been traded before they've played for other coaches before they've played in a lot of different situations that they'll come to the team and they'll be able to pick up what what nurse is teaching pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, I I, I think that's right. All right. I mean, I so I think big takeaways. We're glad it's over. Yeah. Gives them flexibility to make a next move, which will if there's going to be a big move coming in the next year, it's because of the assets you got back here, the cap flexibility, financial flexibility you have with the expiring contracts and the first round picks you got here. And the Sixers will just be more enjoyable to watch like I always say a Tuesday in January when I'm sitting down do I enjoy the two and a half hours or not I don't have to think about well are they how long much longer are they going to wait for James Harden or not the first three games have been pretty fun it's three games so Cliff knows I can you know flip on this pretty quickly where a month from now I'm going to go
1: I freaking hate this team wait, no, God, chill. we're suck. not going to see you and your daughters at the game cheering in the crowd going crazy we might, to, we uh, might. I rock. was my my daughter just
0: asked me the other day she came down right here and she, she goes she goes explain the James Harden thing to me I'm like all right how much time you got all right so we go back so my wife just said this morning she was talking about Daryl Morey I'm like oh my god all right we're moving on from the Phillies can
2: so I ask you guys a question yeah do you think Harden's gonna be good in the Clippers
0: that can't work uh, it, out well. Yeah. Can it? No, I, it, I think that's going to be a disaster.
1: Yeah, I, th- I just think you're relying on too many players that kind of have like a history of injury and
0: unreliable like, players. You're yeah. relying on unreliable players and, across and the, the funny,
1: board. The funniest thing is, is Russ is like the most reliable player, but now he's like a bench role guy, so it's different. Like yeah. Russ is going to be out there every night playing his heart out. It's just all right. Kawhi, are you playing tonight? PG, are you playing tonight? James, are you playing tonight? It's going to be like one or like one or two of them are going to be playing each night. Like they won't be playing together often. I can see this right now. I see
0: a twinkle in Chris's eyes. I think he might disagree. Do you I think they de- I think they definitely
2: got better. I, I'm not saying it's going to last. I'm not saying that they're going to have harmony in the locker room. I'm not saying that this will not eventually implode. But <laughs> they needed a ball handler, and they needed a facilitator, and they needed an orchestrator. Now, I think they will be honestly tortured to watch. In a lot of ways, like <laughs> yeah. the, the amount of ball stopping and the amount of like, I'm going to dribble until there's six seconds left and then do some elaborate like f- trying to get fouled in the lane move. But I do think that they could be a problem. Um, I think that Harden is definitely an upgrade over Batum and Covington and that they won this trade in that way.
1: I think everyone. Could yeah, there's no doubt about that. About yeah. that. Yeah. And yeah. they kept Norm there, and they kept uh... they kept man. And Bones like that, Island is playing really good this year too, as well. Yeah, so. and
2: they and they kept Zubak. So they like I think that these guys have a very very good team now. I now that's just basketball. Like I'm not right. talking about whether or not like these guys stay healthy or whether they stay yeah. friends or whatever it is. And but they they I think that they it's a very interesting Clippers moment. You know, it's I, I have to say for the same way that the vibes have been so good about this around the Sixers. The Clippers have been pretty good this season, but I like. The, I was watching the Wemby game the other night that was from the Crypto Arena where the Six where the Clippers play, and it was dead. It just seemed dead, and it, and I think that they're they are transitioning to this new stadium soon. I think some of their season ticket holders have abandoned the team because of like the problems with the tickets being transitioned over or whatever. But like they 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 needed this deal too, and I I do wonder when I, whether they kind of just like pumped some life into their season with this.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you said that actually, because it, it is worth giving the charitable view of James Harden, which is that he was very, a very good player for the season. Typically makes a good first impression, you know, yeah, Her, last year, first five he, games for yeah. us, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> he was diving on the floor in the middle of the season last year. And he did listen, if we're going to talk like he did, put them on his back for two playoff games against the Celtics. They're not in those games. Joel Embiid did not do that in that series. Now, Harden was either an A or an F in all those games. I understand that. So there was no God. of, can you just give us like a C game? Maybe we can win this series. That didn't happen, but he did put them on his back uh, for two games there. He felt like he was wrong. Uh, So we will see if he puts it, if he puts them on his back for two playoff games this year, and Kawhi Leonard is healthy, you know that would be enough uh, for the Clippers there, but Cliff isn't seeing it. I don't like Cliff's I don't like
1: all this what ifism with the Clippers, yo. Because like by the time playoff rolls around, okay. right, it's yeah, gonna be who's gonna be, pa- be playing? Pa- Paul George, oh uh, damn, I something with my leg or Kawhi Leonard or something with my thigh, and it's gonna be Russ out there by himself scoring like 35. Nah. By the way, <laughs> Russ was balling last year in that first round. <laughs> Russ out there by himself scoring like 35 with him, Norm, and Bones Highland going off with Zubach and, and Plumley. Like, it, some, something, what can go, like, it's kind of like what Stephen A. says with the Cowboys. Like, what can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah, and that's Murphy's all we law, see right? with the yeah. Clippers. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's always something. It's all, mind you, I love all those players too. Like, I love watching PG. I love watching Kawhi. Like, I'm not trying to like, you know, crap on them or whatever. I really do love watching them hoop but it's just always something with them. Like I saw Ty Lue this offseason on All the Smoke say like hey, Kawhi, PG, like we got to take the regular season serious so we don't get in this play in situation getting like, bro, like those are two 100 200 million dollar players. You got to tell them, "Hey, we need to play a little bit more in the regular season so we don't got to play in the play in." I think like, that was a on. message
2: uh, as much to the way that the Clippers ran the team like above yeah. Ty Lue and about being like we're going to we're going to low manage these dudes to 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 the point where, like, no one can ever count on who's going to play for the Clippers on any given night. It's a new rotation every night. I I think Ty Lue was like, "This is not building the right habits." Like, when we get to the playoffs, there's no switch to flip. Like, we need these guys like playing their best heading into the playoffs. And honestly, like, Kawhi was playing his best last couple of months of the last regular season and into the playoffs until he got hurt. Um,
1: hurt,
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I I just thought I thought that that was pretty interesting. Like, I mean, you, you know, I mentioned. If I, if, if I had gone back three years from, ago and said Ben Simmons and James Harden will be traded for this Batum Covington package, you'd be like, what? If I told you in 2015 that PG, Kawhi Leonard, James Harden, and Russell <laughs> oh Westbrook gosh. will be on the same team? <laughs> I mean, this You're is literally dynasty. that yeah. season, that, that Russ MVP season, the entire MVP <laughs> debate is on the same team now. The Kawhi-Russ-Harden the three man race for the mvp that season when russ had the triple double season is on the clippers and the guy who won the mvp is basically the seventh sixth or seventh man
0: <laughs> that's wild things change quickly as someone sent me the i forget who had the tweet it's like the two favorite days for an NBA, for a, 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 an nba fan one when your team trades for james harden two when you Team trades away, James Harden. That's when you feel uh, the most excitement and relief. So we will see what happens. All right. Thank you to Chris Ryan for jumping on and talking about this trade. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for joining us as well and producing the podcast. I'll be back uh, tomorrow to do a little Eagles film breakdown. Look ahead to uh, Eagles Cowboys and we'll watch some Sixers game and see what happens with this team. All right. Thanks to everyone for listening. We'll talk to you soon on the Ringers Philly special. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXTSTEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8HOPENY or text HOPENY in New York.